0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Blizzard Watch, the podcast where we talk about Blizzard Entertainment and its many games, and we do a big pre-show where we talk about other stuff, so you should totally come to our our pre-show. It's, it's actually, we're cool people. I'm Matt, uh, with me this week is Joe. Joe is so cool that he's wearing sunglasses over his sunglasses. If he takes off his sunglasses, he's got another pair right under them. It just He's just that cool.
1: And one of them actually lights up because they're battery-powered and they're uh, vaporwave colors because I am totally that person you you are ruining it. You just ruined I mean, I legitimately actually have those on my desk. so yeah.
0: But anyway, hi. Uh we're here, we're doing a show. Um the thing is is we used to do a thing where we would like, "Hey, Joe, what are you been doing this week?" But we do the pre-show and we talk about all sorts of stuff for like half an hour, and then it just feels weird to then go, "So what are you even up to?" It it so does. Just, it
1: feels really weird. Y'all y'all should just show up for the pre-show.
0: Yeah. So we're going to just move on into to, to the various top stories type thing we got. The first is, of course, that World of Warcraft's patch 9.0.5 is on the PTR right now as we're recording.
1: Yes. So if you're
0: if you're here live, listening to us record uh, in the in the in the uh, streaming thing we do, then you you could be you could do it right now. You could go download that PTR. And if you listen to us recorded, yeah, it's been out for a couple of days. Go download it. Um, the PTR is not. It's not, a, it's not a story update. The 9.0.5 does not add any new content, really. Uh, as far as we can tell right now, there's, there's, it's basically just 9.0 with, with the fixes and changes, tweaks. One of those tweaks is the return of Valor points. And if you're thinking, what Valor points? I remember those. Yep. Don't worry. It, it's it's not very much like that.
1: It's uh, all new, all
0: different. Yeah. Basically, the way Valor points are going to work is people have been upset. About the way mythic dungeons in particular award loot or don't. Can, award can we just loot. say
1: upset about loot? I think that I think that covers it. Upset about loot covers it, I think.
0: Well, yes, but it's specifically <laughs> in mythic dungeons is what valor points are d- designed for here. Yes. Basically, if you get to the end of a, of a mythic and say you've been pushing a keystone, you're up to mythic 15 or whatever, and you get nothing, which can happen. That's that doesn't feel great. And then after a while, if you're clearing high high mythic. You know keystones you get to the end of the week it, the week flips over The the um the great vault shows up and you get three item choice between three items all of which are items you already have i was gonna for, say uh, or you me you can actually rate.
1: you can actually roll the same item multiple times in the same week because that's the yeah. thing that can happen apparently yeah
0: so either way you're like oh god this is no good so <laughs> i had to i have to take stygia yet again um <laughs> Or I could just take like, an upgrade, the exact same item that I already have, and just stare at it and be upset. At, this is basically leading people to be pretty upset about loot and itemization in Shadowlands. That And the Valor Points change is an attempt to give people more options without giving people either, either A, Warforge-type upgrades from possible Mythic Chests or the Great Vault, or B, giving them a way to buy gear, neither of which Valor Points will do this time around. What Valor Points do is they let you upgrade your gear. If you've if you've seen how Honor and Conquest gear works, or your or the gear that you get for doing the uh, the campaign for your for your faction, the uh, Covenant campaign, it's basically like that. You can upgrade your gear that you get in Mythic in Mythic Keystone dungeons. So anything in Mythic one or above, yeah, uh, basically. Uh, if you've if you've gotten a bunch of gear that like you've been running Mythics this whole time and you've gotten a bunch of gear, and you're not getting upgrades you can now upgrade your gear up to the level of the content you're doing. The, the
1: Go ahead. I was going to say, the, the, I, I actually kind of like this, uh, at least from an uh, initial uh, blush, uh, depending on how it finally releases or what they tweak with it. Uh, but I noticed that there are more weapon options for players in dungeons than there are pretty much from anywhere else. Uh, and I think that's the first time in a long time that's been the case. But the problem that I'm having personally is that I can't get an appropriate level weapon to drop whatsoever because there's only two bosses that drop weapons in the raid, uh, and you only have so many chances to get it. And even then, the stats aren't exactly great. Whereas now you could actually potentially get that really good uh, item with the right stats for you because I know people have been targeting specific weapons across classes in Dungeons and Mythics. Uh, and then bring it up to an appropriate level for what content you're running instead of rolling the dice like once you have it you don't have to hope and pray that you get another upgrade later on which is actually kind of nice i actually like that idea i think i killed matt (laughs) no
0: just uh, i got an email from blizzard also so we'll talk about this in a little bit um (laughs) basically uh there are some problems with the system but basically in order to upgrade your weapon to 200 item level or you know you basically just have to be doing mythics if you want to upgrade your item the item level of your your stuff from to 207 you have to clear all current mythic dungeons at item at, at keystone level five so you have to run every single mythic and get the an achievement that says you've done every every uh mythic keystone dungeon at keystone five then if you want to go up to like 213 you have to do it at 10 and then finally to get it up to 220 you have to do them all at, at keystone level 15 and the, the achievements exist except for the, the level 5 one that one's coming in, in in the next patch that there's also the fact that this only works for gear that drops in mythic keystone dungeons mm-hmm. so if you have like say you have raid gear you can not upgrade it with this system say you've got a trinket that, that you you just couldn't get a trinket to drop anywhere else You've got a trinket from a world quest. You Since you've leveled up your renown, it's an item level 187 or above trinket. But it's the only trinkets you've got. You just could not get anywhere else. You can't upgrade those either. You have to hope they drop inside the into the dungeon. This this system is only for gear that drops in those dungeons. Sure. So if you're not getting gear in those dungeons, then you will not be able to upgrade any gear that you didn't already get. That's yeah. the way this works. That's the limit of it. That is the I limit. Think it, I think that it, this is actually something that they should look at changing. Um, if you're doing mythic keystone plus 15 dungeons, you should be able to upgrade your trinket, even if you didn't get it in a mythic. I, I feel like that's kind of pointlessly restricted. You're still getting the achievement. You're still clearing these things. At some point, give me a reward for it for, for Pete's sake. Don't just tell me I can keep waiting until something finally drops. If nothing ever drops, that's, that's true. the problem here. I mean, that's the problem with the great vault. That's the problem with a lot of this.
1: The, um, the only thing I'm I will fine. say in, in defense of the, the dungeon portion of it, and I'm not, not saying it's a complete defense, uh, one thing that was noted uh, when we were discussing this among my group of friends is that if you run a dungeon on Mythic and then run that same dungeon on Mythic plus one, you have a chance for the same loot. If you run it on plus two, you're not locked from that plus one. You can still get that loot from that dungeon and so on and so forth. So there's... It, I understand what you're saying and i don't disagree with it uh it's just that i think that there's some baked in uh ability for a a section of the player base to i feel like that's saying you know if
0: if you have time if you have time to run mythic over and over and over again at every difficulty level between one and 15 you've got all these chances it's like that's that's not really
1: i i i like i said i didn't disagree with you i'm just throwing it out there that like i know a player like me who, you know, if I'm looking for something specific, I will do that, but that's me. Like, I get that. And I know that's not
0: every player. Yeah, not every player has time for that, for that, for one matter, or has access to a reliable mythic group that's going to be willing to do that. They want to run it once or twice. But at any rate, that's that's one of the things coming to PTR. They've also said they're going to be changing various legendary powers and covenant abilities to make them more competitive. Uh, Because right now, there's usually one or two legendaries that are your absolute best, and that's it. And there's like everybody feels pressured into picking specific covenants. I'm I'm one of the few people I know who went Night Fae on a DPS warrior. And to be fair, Night Fae on a DPS warrior is really good. It's just the second
1: best. The best is Venthyr.
0: So Mm -hmm. almost everybody goes Venthyr.
1: I'm actually kind of excited about that, too, because I'm in the same boat from healing perspective with Night Fae. It's Wrestle Shaman. It's not your number one. It, that's uh, Maldraxxus uh, going them is number one. But I picked Night Fae because it's pretty and I like the story.
0: And I mean, to a certain degree, we, they, we don't know what they're going to do, but we know that they're going to do something that they've said so. But here's the real kicker about this. The PTR is live right now. They said that these changes are going live in March. Mm hmm. March is less than a month away, and it's the shortest month of the year. So when in March will this be coming out? My take is probably near the end of March.
1: I was going to say f- we're looking at probably four to five weeks before they even consider a release.
0: Yeah, but they've they've said we we're hoping to release this in March. That doesn't mean that they will release it in March. Something could come up that could be like, oh, God, this doesn't work. Everything back it, to basics. You know, they, they may have to. We
1: don't know. Now, that's now, as as uh, Liz has pointed out in chat, and this is something I was going to bring up too, we're starting to actually see some of the Covenant abilities be data-mined. And again, data-mining, take it with a grain of salt, uh, things are going to change too. With, even with the PTR going live, they may not all fully be in there yet, but there are some, some balance changes happening to the Covenants that they are starting to uh, come to light. So at the time, if you're listening to this live— Probably by the time we're done, most of them will probably be up there. If you're listening to this recorded, uh, you probably already have your opinions on it. But I know the Night Fae one was actually already released. uh, And at least from my perspective, from the healer's perspective, uh, they're increasing the healing and damage uh, abilities from uh, my lovely little uh, circle of harm and heal uh, by I think it's like twenty five percent or thirty percent something like that. It's a good amount. So like they're 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 trying some stuff. It looks like, or at least hopefully. So hopefully there'll be some more balance. Hopefully they'll make they'll they'll bridge some of those gaps between some of the covenant abilities to to bring them in parity. I have no idea if it's going to succeed or not. Uh, but I'm hopeful. I'm hoping that there'll be something like that.
0: Yeah, but anyway, like that's what we know right now. The thing that I got the email from uh, Blizzard on it, it's it's a, it's just a broad. PR email. It's not wasn't aimed, nece- you know, just at me. But what's interesting is that I mentioned that that uh, when we talked about the Vicarious Visions merger with 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 Blizzard, we talked about the fact that they did various ports. Mm-hmm. Um, one of those ports was Crash Bandicoot Four. Yes, that's now on the that's going to be on the BattleNet launcher. Yes, that's that's the email. And so we're already seeing like the the start of Vicarious Visions acquisition and their being part of blizzard and that to me says this this touches into the next part of our email um which is that Blizzard is has announced it's not just you know diablo immortal they're going to be working on a lot more mobile games they are working on them right now there are mobile games in development at blizzard and i'm i am convinced vicarious visions is a part of that like that's one of the reasons you would get vicarious visions is they're very good at doing ports
1: i wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised.
0: Uh, and one of the games they did the port of was obviously crash bandicoot. They ported that to the, um, I want to say the, it was the Nintendo. Oh, bloody heck. It was the mobile system they had before the switch,
1: the DS.
0: Thank you. Yes. You're welcome. Um, I think it might've been the, the more advanced version of the DS, but I don't know. So they, they constantly just oh, it was slightly. Better. It, it was all, it was all called the DS. You're, you're yeah. good. But at any rate, that's fascinating to me that, that Blizzard is working on multiple mobile games. We have no idea what they're working on. Uh, I will point out though that one of the I, I wrote a post about this a little while ago. One of the biggest things in mobile games right now is is RTS's. Mm-hmm. RTS's are very big in the mobile space, and there's one mobile g- game in particular. It's a mobile RTS called Cartoon Craft, and it's basically like what if what if Carbot did did Warcraft, orcs versus humans. What if that was a Carbot game on on mobile platforms? And I keep thinking to myself, Blizzard actually has a has in the past had Carbot. Do stuff for their StarCraft games, Mm -hmm. and Blizzard owns StarCraft, and Blizzard has a company that can do ports, and Blizzard wants to do mobile games. This feels like you know practically you almost have to release a a carbot animated style StarCraft game for mobile right now. Like you have to do this. It it almost feels like it's required by law of something. It's not obviously, but I definitely would not be surprised if you. If let's let's say that they were going to release, they, they said this year's BlizzCon online. They they tell you, okay, we're doing these mobile games. What do you would you expect to see?
1: Oh geez, I don't know. I would I would uh, honestly I would I'm surprised there isn't uh, the classic catalog yet on mobile. Uh, and I'm talking like Lost Vikings, uh, Blackthorn, th- those types of stuff. Like I I'm surprised that we haven't seen anything like that hit the mobile market yet because. Nintendo starting to do that. Sega has been doing that for a while. Um, it, it's something that I could very easily see them doing, especially because those titles are missing on other virtual consoles because, again, Activision Blizzard owns them and they're not really releasing them for some of the extra stuff. So like if you have a switch and you have Nintendo online, you're not probably going to see, uh, you know, anything regarding uh, Lost Vikings on there anytime soon. Right. Uh, so I would, wouldn't be surprised if we see stuff like that. I wouldn't be surprised if we see some form of the Warcraft RTS. Um, not Maybe not necessarily Warcraft 3, but I wouldn't be surprised if going with the whole remastered route and the porting route and everything else has been happening, if we see a Warcraft 2 on mobile. And I honestly would be okay with that. I would be super key, like keen to play that. I think that would be would super actually- fun.
0: I would be surprised if they didn't do both Warcraft and Warcraft 2 the way that as, uh, Vicarious Visions did Tony Hawk's 1 and 2 yeah, as one game. When they like, just release,
1: release, the, release the original battle chest collection, because that's what it was. That was the original battle chest. Yeah. Like, I Maybe could Maybe
0: do, do a brief graphical overhaul pass, and then just, yeah, I could I could see that.
1: Yeah. What about you? What do you think?
0: Well, I mean, I already said the StarCraft thing. Yeah. Um, I think at some point, uh, one of the problems with, like, I don't know how to predict this one because I don't know what form it would take at this point, but if there is not some version of world of Warcraft's battle pets as a mobile game, I would, I, why the heck is this not happening? What are you waiting for? Um, I feel like at some point that kind of thing will will definitely be created as a mobile game that has integration back into world of Warcraft. Like if you run around in the world and you're, 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 you know, the supermarket, you see, I don't know, uh, one of the various battle pets from World of Warcraft, I, I don't remember any off the top of my head. I'm not that big a battle pet person. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you see one of them there and you capture it. Uh, you do a pet battle in the supermarket and you get that thing. Mm-hmm. Then you would actually have it in the game. You'd have it in WoW.
1: You know what I wouldn't um, like, be upset about? What if they combined that and combined, like, the Pandaria Farm and did, like, their own version of Stardew Valley?
0: I mean, that certainly does feel like something they could do. Uh, I feel to a certain degree that the Pandaria Farm is, well, I didn't even bother with it. So I loved it because it meant I didn't have to do it anytime you didn't have to do something I love it that's why I like battle pets because I don't <laughs> do them at all I don't care about them in the slightest and I don't have to the game doesn't force me to or penalize me uh one of the things I didn't like with the garrison was I, I felt forced to do the garrison like it was the most efficient way to do a lot of stuff that you do in WoW you almost never left it I, I spent all of of uh Draenor in the garrison I never went anywhere except to, to raid or do a dungeon so yeah i i do feel like i'm leery of a game that's too heavily involved in that kind of stuff but at the same time i do think it's surprising that it hasn't already happened
1: yeah and uh for auto luke uh talking about how niantic would sue uh for sure if a battle pet thing came out uh on mobile i it all depends on how it would be framed too right like
0: if they call it world of warcraft go yeah but niantic
1: doesn't own vr or ar yeah, I mean, The reality games.
0: The, the Niantic, you know, pioneered a lot of it, but they don't own the concept.
1: And even then, the the capturing monsters thing is not a new concept, and it's not something that's specific to uh, Niantic or the Pokemon Company either. That concept of pocket monsters existed before Pokemon. There I mean, were Digi- games that did
0: it, and then Digimon was better than Pokemon in every conceivable way, including its theme song.
1: So, I, I that's a I'm not going to get into that. We're good. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. We can move on.
0: (laughs) We can't. We can never move on. But also, um, while we're talking about that, um, the earnings call came out uh, last week, and I don't think we really talked much about it. Uh, Basically, the things we the thing we learned was that Immortal is coming out this year. That's that's a that's a pretty much set in stone at this point. You don't tell your investors this game is coming out this year, and then not do everything in your power for the game to come out this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, More importantly, however, to me. Both Overwatch 2 and Diablo 4 are not coming this year. And there's pretty heavy inference, but no actual statement, that they're likely to come out in 2022. Um, I am shocked that Diablo 4 is not coming out in 2021. Because here's the thing here's the thing here's why. Okay. The anniversary of the original release of Diablo is December 31st, and it's exactly 25 years ago. So on December 31st, 2021, that will be 25 years that diablo came out and that's why i thought diablo 4 would be out on december 31st 2021
1: yeah but i could also see them perfect i could also see them waiting and doing like a remaster of diablo 1 releasing it on that day as part of the anniversary and then announcing oh by the way uh next I get month why you're you get saying this. that but
0: blizzard was doing a lot of stunt releases before the pandemic hit um sure. and that's one of the reasons like, a lot of games came out i think it was a uh, it was either Le- it was either Legion or Battle for Azeroth. I think it was Battle for Azeroth. It came out on the exact anniversary of the release of World of Warcraft. Um, yeah. And but with the pandemic having happened, I'm not surprised that Diablo Four is not coming out. But I really thought they were going to be doing it on December 31st, 2021. I now my now tentative date is is going to be June 29th, 2022, because that's the uh, tw- I believe that'll be the 22nd the anniversary of Diablo 2 releasing.
1: Yeah, I was going to say that that does seem like that would be uh, fascinating June
0: 29th. Well, plus t- June 29th, because it's right in the middle of, of the summer, um, the the 22nd anniversary of Diablo 2, with a lot of 2s involved in that, I can see them doing that. Um, but uh, but that's a tentative one, because I do think that the the switch to, to at-home work has really changed the way a lot of stuff is being worked on and a oh, lot yeah. of stuff is going to be released. Um, we haven't heard anything for Overwatch 2. We have no ideas about what the hell... There's one mention in the earnings call um, where they said we've they've passed an eternal milestone, but that's all we've
1: got. And yeah, that is, it's just not happening this year it makes perfect sense, honestly. Because um, you're right, we haven't, we haven't heard anything. And I don't know if that necessarily has to do with um, just the work from home. One thing I will say about Overwatch 2 is I think it might be more ambitious... On paper or in the back end that I think they're letting on because they're switching from a multiplayer game that sometimes has uh, it's all PvP oriented that sometimes has co-op modes uh, to a fully fleshed out cooperative experience with a campaign and everything else. That is a massive undertaking. And if you're not if you look at a lot of those uh, shooter games that come out, if it's not just a recycle of something that already existed, and they're trying to add new or do more things. Development cycles get long on though. Um, and that's not a bad thing. And I, I would actually, personally, I take not hearing anything about Overwatch 2 as an okay thing right now, because it means they're not rushing it, and they're not ready to really say what they're doing yet. And that, they could be nothing. They could be nowhere close to, to anywhere on anything. But I think with adding story and adding the campaign and everything else, the game suddenly becomes much, much bigger, and we talked about this on Lore Watch a bunch. And Overwatch One story wasn't released in game, not really. Like outside of the events, nothing. Everything was released outside of game, comic books, and short stories, and novellas, and things like that. And videos, like and like videos, the various,
0: the various uh, trailers, and so forth.
1: Yeah, but now that's all going to be baked into the game coming out. So it's it's just it, it keeps growing. It's grown exponentially, is what I'm trying to say. So.
0: Taking worth I'm okay. It's also worth pointing out though. Uh, one of the reasons, too, that Blizzard might be more willing to say it'll come out to to try and go back to their it's done when it's done thing is that they got rushed into putting Warcraft 3 Reforged out when they did. Yeah, they did. And that did not work out. Nope. Um, I I I actually played Warcraft 3 Reforged at BlizzCon 2019, and I didn't think it was bad. I actually liked it. But it was a demo, you didn't get to see all of it. But in general at, at BlizzCon 2019, I felt like the, 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 the vibe for the game was that it was a reskin. It was a remaster. And then people started to act like it was a complete remake. And I feel like that got ahead of the, the narrative. And it might be that it's Blizzard's fault for letting that happen or for even like you know getting too ambitious when they were talking about it. But I think if people had gone into it knowing this is basically it's like StarCraft Remastered. It's, it's, a, it's a graphically updated version of the original game. It's not much much more than that. I think people would have been a lot happier with it. And it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have had the really negative, massively negative response that it had. Um, there were some, some stuff like the stuff they did with like mods that, that made people upset as well. That's a completely separate issue. Mm-hmm. But I think in general, after that debacle and after seeing what happened to Cyberpunk 2077, I think a lot of companies are like, okay... We have got to stop pushing games out the door before they're ready because we're not in a place anymore where we can do that and get away with it. It doesn't work. people are fed up with it, people will not take it anymore. Um, The thing that used to work, game companies could push a game out before it was ready and then patch it afterwards and people would be okay with it. That's no longer the case. Uh, People are hypercritical of it and to a certain degree it's earned hypercriticism. And I feel like a lot of companies are like, oh, and i definitely feel like Blizzard's saying okay we're not going to push these games out we're not going to rush them we're going to like we're going to just basically say okay it's definitely not happening this year don't get excited uh, and i think that's a good thing to have done uh, over, overall i think that's a good move
1: yeah i would agree okay
0: final top story of the day well wow, we're actually going on this is more top stories than we've done in a while
1: uh,
0: <clears throat> burning crusade classic when is it coming it's let's inevitable. be honest, it's We inevitable. know it's coming. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying they're not doing it. I'm saying when are we going to hear about it at BlizzCon line this year? I my money is on yes.
1: Yeah, I would. I would agree. I would think that that's going to be a, a pretty big announcement because what else do they really have to announce for? Uh, World of Warcraft aside from maybe the next content drop, right? The next content patch that they're working
0: on. Yeah, I think we're going to get a Shadowlands bump, but I don't think it's going to be anything major. I definitely think what I think is going to happen at BlizzCon Online is that I think we're going to actually see a return of something they did back in BlizzCon 2018. I think we're going to get a Burning Crusade Classic demo on the BattleNet launcher at the time of BlizzCon Online that anybody can download and play for like 72 hours. Yeah, I'm hoping for that actually. And, um, I think that we're going to get that announcement. I think they're going to tell us, okay, then around June or July we'll get the the the, the test realm, the beta for for uh, Burning Crusade Classic, with with a September release date. That's my current thinking, uh, and it will begin to be pretty similar to what they did uh, with WoW Classic, except that was May and uh, August. I think it's going to be June and September uh, because of the because of having to do with, with WoW. With BlizzCon Online being in February, I feel like they're going to have to push some stuff out.
1: Yeah, I would, I would but agree. I,
0: but that's my current thinking on that. I am almost positive we're going to see it. I think they will probably take a year to release all the content for it, because that's what they did with WoW Classic pretty much. They they took about a year to get all through up to Phase 6. I think we'll see something very similar with, with uh, the BC raids. They might space them out more than they did. Uh, one of the things I've been thinking about—I don't know how Joe feels about this—but I think they'll probably put Karazhan out first, mm-hmm. and not put the other 25-man group, you know, group content that they had when Karazhan came out. So I don't think we'll get um, Gruul's Lair or Magtheradon at at the same time. I think that they'll be staggered out, and we'll see, like maybe Magtheradon next a few months down the road, and then Gruul. And then they'll move on to, like, 25-minute content like Tempest Keep and Serpent Shrine Caverns. Um,
1: yeah, I'll be interested a- to see how they do that, honestly, because I'm, I, I we talked about this, like, oh, God, months ago now. A modern release sensibility applied to the classic games is not a bad thing. Like, understanding how to drip content in a way that, you know, gives players time to consume it. Even with like acknowledging how quickly players will consume it, having that space out makes sense. That's I'm, what
0: they did with Wild Classic too. I yeah. mean they, they didn't they didn't release stuff the second they could. They they said, okay, we're gonna stagger it out. We're gonna have phases. And I definitely think that they're gonna want to do that again, especially with like what's really interesting is that in Burning Crusade, in the actual when that expansion was current, there was a really weird moment after they put out Tempest Keep and in and, and Mount Hyjal. And, and serpent shrine caverns and Mount Hyjal and the Black Temple, where they then put out a ten-man raid, uh, Zul'aman with gear on par with with Black Temple, hmm. and that's I don't know if you're going to want to do that at the same th- that way again, you know. And and Sun and this you know the Sunwell raid coming out after it, you want to you'll want to stagger it out more, I think. I don't know though. I I, I don't know if they're going to do a thing like in in actual Burning Crusade. Hyjal and and Temp- not Hyjal and Tempest Keep and Black Temple came out around the same time. Like, and that's the other thing: Are they going to keep the attunements from the initial launch of Burning Crusade, or are they going to get rid of them like they did
1: during mm. Burning Crusade? Yeah, that's a tough one. Like, where, where I don't know. So that's a question: How do you feel about attunements? Because I, I think we've talked about it in the past, but I'm, i might I might be having like a uh, a blank spot in my memory. Uh, Imagine you have an abscess. <laughs> <laughs> on your
0: genitalia. And that abscess oh, is really painful. And it, it like rubs against your clothing and is itchy and awful. And then even when you get it treated and you're done with the abscess and you're all set to go, you have to keep going to help other people who have to get through the abscess. So you're constantly having to deal with the abscess even though you don't even have it I'm anymore.
1: Almost sorry I asked. <laughs> No, I get it. I, honestly, I kind of hope they do away with attunements. I
0: but that's the thing. I don't know that attunements are necessarily bad but they in were, this
1: case. But they were bad back then, though.
0: They are bad back then for a lot of reasons, but people blow through content that used to take a lot longer. I think that people playing Burning Crusade Classic are going to destroy those attunement quests. Yeah. So, to a certain degree, I think that they're not necessary if you, imp- if you instead apply a phased r- rollout system like they did in WoW Classic. Uh, i'm basically saying you've you've did wild WoW classic and it worked out learn from that and do the same thing again because it worked yeah um the only question becomes how do you do the rollout do you do you roll out like each raid individually like because there's actually a ton of raids in this expansion there's, there's Karazhan, Gruul's lair mctherodon's lair tempest keep serpent shrine cavern Mount Hygel black temple zulamon and sunwell that's actually more raids than in classic. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a lot of raid content. If you, if you do it each individually, if you don't do it all at once, but you do it individually, that, that's actually, you know, you could stretch this thing out for a year and a half, two years. And I don't know that they want to do it faster than that. Because if you think about it, what's next? After this, there's only one thing they have left to release. I mean, they're not going to do Cataclysm Classic. Uh, so it's this and then wrath of the lich king and then you're done
1: yeah because that's everything that was before the world changed so yeah
0: you, you don't like i said they're not going can do cataclysm classic because why yeah. would you, you can go to cataclysm content right now it hasn't changed uh so to a certain degree the other thing is think about this though if you do wrath of the lich king classic there it does change something from wow classic it gets rid of nax mm-hmm and that's the other thing that we have not heard anything about because we don't know anything about what burning crusade classic will be like will it be like will this just be applied to all wow classic or will it just yeah. be
1: specific servers cuz like that that's that's an interesting point too because like you have people that maybe don't necessarily care about Burning Crusade at this point, uh, or maybe don't care about Wrath of the Lich King and and want to, or and like they everybody's a little bit different. So I guess the question is, for those of you out there that are listening to this that play WoW Classic, I'm interested in what your opinion is on that. If, if this progresses to the point of Wrath of the Lich King Classic being released. Are you happy with that? Are is that something you're okay with because then it takes knacks away? Or do you think that they should keep separate servers for like or clusters like where one is specifically uh trying to think of how to uh, how to phrase this. One is classic, have, one is classic yeah. in Burning Crusade, one is classic through Wrath of the Lich.
0: And might maybe some be not neither. Maybe you'd de- you have original clusters that are just WoW Classic. Because there are people out there right now that that's what they wanted. They don't mm-hmm. want to do anything open. else, right? Yeah. They just want to play WoW. The original WoW that they remember from the time that they played originally. They don't want to do like going to level 70 and doing the new stuff. They want to just do Old World Azeroth. I'm not saying that everybody feels that way, but I'm like, is it worth splitting the player base to keep all these people happy? I think it probably is in the case of WoW Classic because it's ultimately not really splitting the player base in terms of like, WoW Classic is fascinating to me because it doesn't split or, the player base in terms of who's paying to play WoW. They're all paying to play the same game, even if they're playing WoW Classic versus retail. So, what difference does it make if they're playing WoW Classic versus Burning Crusade Classic versus Wrath Classic? Like, let them have, you can have some people who get to like transfer their character and keep leveling it, and you can have some people who just stay on that server or, and stay level 60.
1: Or do you do you implement a system in where players can choose when they're on that server or cluster? Because we This is something I was thinking about too, like with the way that phasing technology works and the way that you can divide things out. And we've already shown that in the past they had a system where you could level cap your character. Is that something that they explore as an alternative to that where it's you choose where your content goes and the servers just are capable of everything and it's up to the individual player to choose what their experience is? Do you give them that sort of control over it and I think there might be a case for that too because it's sort of like to me going back to when we used to have to choose what faction you played on PvP servers because you could not play the other faction uh, when that stuff was locked. And then when you made a decision, like maybe I am going to play that other faction now, and you made the hard swap and all of your characters were, you know, deleted or transferred or whatever, or you started over on another server, it was your choice to progress past that point. Do maybe they look at leveraging current technology to facilitate that with those players that? Maybe they're really all about Wild Classic right now, but maybe they, they start thinking about, you know, maybe Wrath wouldn't be bad to go and experience again as Wrath content goes and give them the ability to also jump into that without having to do uh, a lot of massive infrastructure building. Because that's the other thing, too, that, that I'm fascinated. And I don't know anything about how this is all set up. And I would love to, to sit and have a uh, a nerd discussion with the server teams uh, as far as, like, how things are set up and, like, how the clusters are are, are going. And I would be curious how like something like that would look, because if you're doing individual servers, are they housed in different data centers? Are they different blades in the same data center? More techie nerd stuff, but I'd be fascinated to see that. Or do you create something where you leverage your current infrastructure and just let the players morph uh, by via choice, in-game choice, what they do? So... I- I am I will be fascinated to see how far they push it, and I'm eager to see how far they get with it and what player responses to it. That's my two cents.
0: Okay. I think at this point, though, we do need to move on to actually doing other stuff, like talking about the various things you guys sent for us to talk about. Uh, I feel like we've covered that, so we're going to move on. Uh, if you have an email or question for the show, there are multiple ways you can get them to us. Uh, this week, we took questions from email and from our Discord server, so Yay! Yay! Loop that up. Um, I will say that the way to do that is to either email us at podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast or blizzardwatch, so we know it's for this show. Or you can use our Discord server and just drop the questions into the patron Q and podcast questions channel, which we look at first, because that's the reward for you guys being our patrons, which allows us to do this whole show and everything else we do. Uh, Or you can use the Q questions channel, which is not a patron uh, focused one, because we do understand that the money is tight and not everybody can give. Uh, We do still love having people around who read our stuff and engage with us. So uh, Joe's going to read them for us because he usually
1: does and because, you know, I'm old and my eyes are melting out of my head. So if you don't mind, Joe. Not at all. Uh, First question, dear watchers, on BlizzCon we will most likely get some new WoW content probably 9.1. Since a lot of focus has been on the Covenants ever since Shadowlands was teased, it feels rather short if the Covenant aspect is already finished campaign-wise. Do you think we'll see a continuation of each campaign in their respective zone? Or perhaps we are introduced to a fifth zone and each Covenant has a 2.0 campaign there. I feel that the Bash campaign for one has plenty left to offer. Spoiler, the Uther and Arthas reunion, that can pretty much go either way. Secondly, when do you think they will deal with the Nathrezim, now that Denathrius is behind bars? Uh, I imagine Castle Nathria would reveal something, unless I've missed it. Also, if Denathrius has been working with the Jailer for a while, and assuming that the Dreadlords are Denathrius's lieutenants, how do you think Sylvanas and Denathrius greeted each other, assuming they met? Stay safe, Shadow Petal. I guess start from the top down. Okay. Uh, so we've talked about this a little bit on on Lore Watch, uh, where we, I think Matt and I are both in agreement. There, there seems like there's going to be more to the covenants. Uh, it seems like what we've gotten to and what we've gotten to the end of are just Covenant 1.0. Uh, as the the expansion progresses. I think that there's more story to tell pretty much everywhere, not just in Bastion, but even in Ardenwald, like we haven't dealt with the drust at all still, really. Uh, There's still a bunch of Loa stuff that needs to be dealt with, Uh, the Venthyr and and doing all that stuff. Like the Sirenathria stuff is not an end to that campaign. There's still so much more to do there.
0: Yeah, and look at Maldraxxus. Yeah. I mean, come on. Maldraxxus, you, yeah. Uh, Kel'Thuzad's still running around. We don't know where the Primus is. We'll be we kind of. We do. do. Uh, there's, there's tons of stuff still to do in Maldraxxus. So, yeah, I think all four campaigns are going to continue. I don't know if we'll get a fifth zone or not. I think if we do, it'll probably be a little later
1: than yeah, 9.1. probably like 9.2, I would think
0: yeah I think that that's the kind of thing you can you can use battle for Azeroth as a good model there where they put out their two big zones in uh, I want to say eight point two yeah, and then eight point three was the big denouement where everything gets wrapped up. I think we'll look at that with nine this keep in mind, we don't know how long this expansion is intended to go for. um if they're gonna take up the full two years. Um, they, they could very well not release... They could release a bunch of mid-patches, like uh, you know 0.05 is coming out, and that's going to not have any story. They could keep doing that. 9.1.5, 9.2.5 could come out and keep things extended. Uh, I do think, though, that we're definitely going to see more pain stuff. As for the Nathrasim question, the more I look at it, the more I feel like his name is De Nathrius. Yep. Of nathrius I mean... Castle Nathria. Why didn't I not see that Nathrism? <laughs> Nathria. You know what I'm saying? We know that they do talk. The, the stuff that we know about the Nath, the possible nathraism connection, is from a, a, pl- a place in the zone. um I think it's the Tower of the Watchers. I want to say I can't remember the name of the place.
1: uh Spire of the Watchers or something. I, yeah. I, I can't remember. Chat. Chat will correct it in a second as soon as they catch up. Yeah. So Continue. Yeah.
0: But that. They have not actually come right out. As much as much as the location of the Primus is not technically public knowledge, it has not been stated in game. It's just you know lots of winking and nodding, similar with the the death, the uh, Dreadlords and and Denathrius. He looks a lot like them, and there certainly is a feeling of connection. But and obviously, I just said Denathrius, Nathrizim. Come on, (sighs) you
1: know. I mean, even their even their planet was Nathriza or Nathrizim, right?
0: Yeah. So. Uh, it's entirely possible that we will, in fact, be seeing more with the On the other hand, maybe we won't see them. It doesn't necessarily follow that they'll oh. show up.
1: You know, also uh, Padilla and Chat points out unseen guests. Uh, w- that was the name of it. Which, if we don't see them, hey, on the nose, but I'm
0: bummed. Yeah. So there's there's that. Uh, I do I do think there is more of a connection to be found out about. I honestly think we're going to see more from Denathrius. Oh, I yeah. don't think I. Here's the thing. I don't think we're going to get. And as Shara with him, where he comes no. back and is a boss again, or even in another fight. I don't think that's going to happen, but I do think we're going to see Denathrius again. I think he will He will get loose, and he will contribute. Maybe we might get a kalthos Kaelth- uh, where he ends up as the boss of a dungeon or something. I don't think we will, but we might.
1: I, I think the medallions are going to be the weird part about that, too, because we know that they're of him. They're pieces of him. Does that just mean he can take over another form. He did create all of the Venthyr. He's the one that made the form for them. He's the one that molded them. So we're definitely going to see more of him. There's definitely more of that to come. And I I hope that we see something with the Nathrezim, Uh because... I, I honestly think they're very, very cool. I think they're an interesting story element that's interwoven into a lot of the fabric of the Warcraft universe. And now going to a place where they may have originally been from or maybe went thereafter from their home planet. Who knows? Uh, but finding out more about them would be cool. And and this is one of those interesting things. Chat pointed this out, and this is something I really agree with. We're at the first point in a long time where I don't know exactly where we're going yet. And it feels exciting. And I'm notorious for ruining things. Uh, case in point, go see before Legion ever dropped any of our podcasts then. But like I'm notorious for for like ruining it for myself. I'm excited because I don't know where we're going quite yet. I have I have some suspicions, but it's it's nice sort of feeling like I'm it's all new. And whatever they decide to do, whether it's a new zone or, or anything like that. It's going to be exciting because it's new. It's not something that existed before. I'm really, I'm really, really excited. About it. Um, and I guess the the last question that we should probably cover real quick is uh, that if Denathrius has been working with the jailer for a while, and assuming that the Dreadlords are Denathrius's lieutenants, uh, how do how do we think that Sylvanus and Denathrius greeted each other, assuming they met? Personally, I don't think they did meet. I think that they never met face to face. I think that it was—it's one of those things where she knew about him, knew what he was supposed to be doing, but never had any direct interaction with him because that would be safest for her, uh, and probably would fit her motives and desires better. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I would be really surprised if Sylvanas and Denathrius spent any real time in the same room. Uh, not just because Denathrius was running his his whole show, and he definitely feels like the kind of guy who's more comfortable. Uh, insulating himself from other people Uh, I definitely don't think that the two of them spent a lot of time together uh, if they met at all and I wouldn't be surprised if they did yep that's pretty much it for me I I don't have
1: yeah I I don't have
0: a lot else to say on that
1: (laughs) all right well I think we can move on to our next uh, our next question which is uh, from an avid listener no name associated Uh, dear watchers how did you both meet? What's the origin story of Blizzard Watch? How has both of your podcast careers progressed from the early days? I've only started listening in 2020, but it's one of my favorite programs. So thank you for what you guys do. Uh, okay.
0: Well, wow. starters, I mean, we had to do a rocket. Like We wanted to beat the Soviets into space, so I got <laughs> Joe to pilot it. And unfortunately, the Cosmic rays. I'm sorry, I, I, I do this from time to time. The truth is, Joe and I have never met. Not in person. Uh, no, not in person. Um, I have met people that Joe has met.
1: And I've, and I've sure. met Anne physically in person. Like, I've, yeah. I've, I've actually had drinks with Anne.
0: Whereas I, Joe didn't go to BlizzCon last year, which, I mean, in 2019. Sorry, not last year. God, I keep forgetting that 2020 existed. <laughs> uh, I, Joe didn't go to BlizzCon in 2019, which was the only BlizzCon I've ever been to. So that would have been our best chance to connect, and we obviously did. Um, but in terms of how BlizzCon got started, uh, the story is actually a little bit painful, uh there's there's some bad stuff that happened and i don't we don't talk much about the site there's no real reason we don't talk about it so i'm going to break the veil here and do that there was a site called wow insider uh it was which a
1: lot of us put a lot of time and effort and love into yeah
0: um a lot of us worked there i wasn't like one of the first employees but i was one of the first hires of the burning crusade era i got hired in 2007 i got hired just before uh people like um alex zebart and uh Adam Polisky, for instance, mm-hmm. I was hired just before those guys, uh, and I was uh, I was the Warrior columnist, and for a while I was the Shaman columnist. People yep. don't know that either. I was actually the first guy to write Shaman columns for that site. Uh, Joe came
1: in and took the job after I had it. Yeah, two thousand eight actually. Yeah,
0: and uh, we uh, we worked there from two thousand seven, two thousand eight up until twenty uh, fifteen. Yeah, twenty because this is the sixth anniversary. Yes. Uh, by the way, this is the sixth anniversary of Blizzard Watch. So oh, I, you you're totally gonna hear a,
1: you're gonna hear a plug about it at the end. Don't worry, folks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh, we worked there, and then the the thing is, is the whole time we were working there, we were uh, owned by Weblogs Weblogs Incorporated, and Weblogs Incorporated, among other companies, uh, they, they ran the 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 uh, blog mm-hmm. massively, which was about various all MMOs, and they ran a bunch of other sites, including a a site called Joystick. Um, Joystick was one of the biggest gaming sites on the the web for years. Oh, yeah. And uh, the McElroys, if you've ever heard of them, they worked for Joystick
1: for a while. Yep. Um,
0: I've actually had Griffin McElroy sign an email that involves whether or not I would get to keep my job. So, yeah, um, right around 2015, uh, AOL, who is the parent company of of Weblogs Incorporated, realized we're not making money, and we would like to do that. And they decided the way to do that was to take a hatchet to all their weblogs and corporate sites, cans, a lot of us. And we we found out because the rumor was spreading and like, we would ask our corporate overlords, they'd be like, no, everything's fine. We should have taken that to mean, oh yeah, you're all, you're all getting asked.
1: Yeah. I remember that email Uh, coming in. Oof. Yeah.
0: But that happened, uh, through, through some heroic negotiations on people at the time we, we managed to get severance, which was not very common at the time. And is even less common today. But as a result of that all happening, um, alex and adam both don't really work here anymore uh uh got together and and started this site uh blizzard watch because they they'd always wanted to move wow insider to be a covering all blizzard games and even covering other games that aren't blizzard related when it when it seemed fitting to do so
1: the the other thing that i I should add the other part of that conversation though too back then because it wasn't a, there were a lot of us that were, were talking about this for years up to this point too. Um, you know, group chats were a thing, emails were a thing, uh, Skype. We we had a, we had a big Skype, Skype Skype AIM. Yeah, uh, like so, and this was a conversation that like, and I wasn't involved in, in a lot of it in the back end, but when we did have talks, when I would talk with Adam or or uh, some of the other editors and stuff like that, they would always come up with this idea that some of the most fun we had when we were doing the original sites was when we didn't have to seek approval from a corporate overlord when we could just do things like some of the fondest memories i have or some of the the april fool stuff we did when we would completely overhaul the sites i mean how many times can i say that i actually wrote and published a phrase stoically taking balls to the face and got paid for um, but it was we all agreed that it was like one of those things that like that was the dream right the dream was to own our own fate and then the rest of that stuff started happening, right? And yeah,
0: I, I feel like I want to mention people like Dan Halloran and Liz. Absolutely. Um, Liz Harper, who basically are the reason we, the site's still here.
1: Yeah, we wouldn't uh, exist but, without them.
0: But basically, that's that's the origin. We, we, we started off as Wild Insider. Our overlords did not appreciate us and, and cut us loose. And we started our own thing and have kept it going for six years. Thanks to you guys. That's one of the reasons we mentioned Patreon so much. Because it is it is without Patreon, we would not exist. Uh, without patreon and without you guys supporting us this site doesn't exist there's no corporate overlord there's nobody telling us what to do aside from the very scary prospect of y'all deciding one day oh yeah we're done so yeah that's it that's how we came to be that's our secret identity no radioactive spider bites unfortunately um i've tried several I, times but joe keeps getting out of the room before the spider can get to him i i, I, I can't it. i don't
1: know i don't know if it's going to happen i i'm definitely allergic um uh, <laughs> The other thing I will say is, uh, just to throw it out there real quick, is is I wouldn't have been involved with any of this, and I will give uh, Maticus at least a shout out here. He hounded me, hounded me for weeks and weeks and weeks to get involved with the original project uh, because I was too afraid that what I did and what I wrote was Drek. Uh, and I was so unsure of myself, uh, and he really pushed me, and then I remember... Uh, getting an email from uh, Dan and that says, Are you going to do it or not? Come on. Uh, and I'm getting to this point. And I will say this, not just from, I'm not trying to get too sappy about it, but I've worked with a lot of people over the years and I've worked with a lot of communities over the years in various podcasting. Um, I'm not going to go through my litany of stuff. You guys can look that up. But I've worked with some really terrible people and I've worked with some really awesome people. And I can tell you right now that the awesome people that I'm working with are here. Uh, they're still around and I call them friends and our community is one of the best that I've ever interacted with in my career doing content creation. And it was a humbling experience to be able to be a part of that. And then when this site launched, uh, you know, on February 3rd, 2015, uh, being asked to come back and, like when I, even though Matt and I have never met each other in person, I consider him family. Uh, same with Liz and Dan and so many other people we work with and so many people from the community here as well. Uh, a lot of you have become good friends of mine and we talk offline and things like that. And it's one of those things where like we talk about how you wanted to know how our career progressed. It's become more than a career for. It's not just because of making money. It's because this this makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside to do this with Matt, do this with the book with the site with. And it's, it was like that from the very beginning. So I don't know. I'm just, thank you all for continuing to support us and, and uh, for being a part of what we, because again, without you guys, we wouldn't be here at all. Yeah.
0: And, and also I want to say, uh, Joe was totally better than me at shaman writing, except for one <laughs> column I wrote, uh, the <laughs> the infamous century totem column, which was the best oh. thing about shamans ever written. And you, you know, you all can just stop because that, that column is the best. <laughs> this is my attempt to, like, make this slightly less emotional because whilst I feel much of the same stuff, I am terrible at admitting my emotions. But, yeah, we should probably move on to the next email. So
1: Yeah, I think we have time for one more, and then I think we're going to be out of time, yeah, basically. Yeah, because
0: they're all pretty long. Yeah, we went, we went on. We was <laughs> chatting. Sorry.
1: Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, no, not sorry. Thank you. Uh, uh, so this one, Hey, do you, uh, do you like the current situation of the weapon system? And wow, let me iterate. Uh, there are some really weird kinks left from Legion onward that may make choosing the right weapon sometimes really obscure. Weapon skill doesn't determine what weapon you can use. Abilities like mortal strike, festering strike, or storm strike do uh, using abilities like those require specific weapons. Playing arms limits you to two handers, making other weapon skills useless unless you change specs. There are also some cases that make no sense. like Uh, uh, like Blood, who doesn't have any abilities with restrictions, while Unholy, for some reason, does. What's more, websites and guides seldom mention these details. Weapon skills are now used just to determine what transmog you can have. Should Blizzard abolish weapon skills and allow free-for-all instead of e- limit each class uh, to two to three? Because that's what most of the melee classes have, right? Sometimes just one, like Assassination, who can't do anything without daggers on each hand. Hoping for the best, and this is from Ashanshi uh, from Alonsa's EU. Uh. I
0: feel like they definitely should make some changes to how weapons work. Um, I don't think they should get rid of the, the idea that you know, certain classes can use certain weapons entirely. Uh, for one thing, that's one of the few really good things about playing like a warrior is that we can use everything except once. And I don't think that death knights and shaman and paladins and rogues and all of them need that level of flexibility because it is so inherently part of the warrior class. But I will say that a lot of the weapon restrictions, if you can use a weapon, you should be able to use that weapon with your abilities, and it should work. Um, arms arms is special because I don't think arms should be able to dual wield, and they don't really need to use a weapon in shields, so I'm okay with them being restricted to two-handers, but that, that's the only restriction they should have is two-handers. Uh, Fury, I feel like works pretty well. Um, protection, I honestly feel like protection should have Titan's Rep. Right? There should be... The ability to tank as a protection warrior with a two-handed weapon in one hand and a shield. Uh, that should absolutely exist. And I think that it should exist for other classes that can use certain things. Like, I don't see why you shouldn't be able to tank as blood with two one-handed weapons. I don't think they should be fist weapons, because I think that's very specific to certain classes. But I definitely don't see why you shouldn't be able to use two one-handed axes or two one-handed swords to tank.
1: That's just...
0: No, I don't see why that sh- that restriction should. be I mean, be if there. my
1: if my druid in Baldur's Gate three can or my uh ranger in Baldur's Gate three can do it, I should be able to do it in WoW Dag Nabbit.
0: Yeah, and for that matter, like shaman, there's no reason you shouldn't be able to have an enhancement shaman build that uses a big two hand weapon. That was the DPS spec for yeah. shaman for the entirety of WoW, the original, you know, what we now call WoW Classic, original vanilla flavored WoW. That's what shaman did because it hit like a freaking truck. Yep. It was good. There's no reason that they should have lost that and be stuck with two-wielding. Not that they shouldn't use fist weapons, absolutely they should. But a lot of that kind of flexibility I feel like should be it should be at least a goal for the game. It should be something that they try and it tries and achieves. I know that it's hard to balance all that kind of stuff and I know that sometimes you're going to end up with a best no matter what. But the idea of assassination rogues having to use daggers like, you can't assassinate people with, like, a truncheon. People have been assassinating people with clubs for, like, centuries. We,
1: we have, even if it's just blades, there are historic bladed weapons that are not daggers that were used in those roles for years. There are popular television shows based around the idea of forging those things in modern day. Like, hell, th- th- we talked about Assassin's
0: Creed in the pre show. The weapon that the assassins use in Assassin's Creed to kill people is technically a retractable fist weapon. Yeah. It's on their arm. Yep. You know, it's not a dagger. Uh, so yeah, I, I feel like a lot of this, like, you could definitely loosen up on it. I feel like paladins should be able to use stabs. I mean, it's a stick. You're telling me he doesn't know how to hit people with a stick? He can't figure that out. It's you know, if he can hit people with a polearm and he can, why can't he hit people with a polearm that's missing the pointy part? Just hit people with it. It's a stick. Yeah. So I I definitely feel like. We've, the thing is, is that this is all because we've moved away from the original WoW weapon skill thing, which was, I think, it was incredibly restrictive. And, and you don't, you haven't horrible. lived, you haven't, you haven't lived until you're doing, say, for an example, the, Kelthuza, the Kael'thas the fight. Sorry, not Kelza, fight in in Burning Crusade, and a legendary drops that's so great for your class, except you've never used that weapon type, and so you can't use it, and you have to basically spend a week going out into the badlands and finding like, you know, mobs that don't die immediately and punching them with a sword until you can actually use a sword or an ax or what have you. Yeah. That kind of thing was really not fun. So I don't want to ever see that come back, but I, I definitely feel like some like loosening this up would be a good.
1: Move. Yeah. And I think, I think a, a uh it hits it on the nail on the head. It's a lot of this seems like it's leftover design choices from wow. 1.0 that we're still dealing with nowadays. And I really want to see them start to loosen that up a little bit and maybe look at it, even if it especially like in in case of the abilities, um, I don't like how restrictive some of the abilities are, particularly because to go back to my gripe about loot dropping weapons are so scarce. Like, again, this is this is not the Legion problem because Legion gave you your weapon and then that was it. You didn't have to worry about it, but Battle for Azeroth, weapons were hard to come by for a very long time until they started really fixing how world drops and stuff worked. Uh, now, it's you can get a weapon, but does it have the correct stats for you? Because there's so far and few between, and the drops are so limited now, uh, that you, know, you might get uh, the same chain belt eight weeks in a row, uh, instead of a weapon that you could actually use as an upgrade. So... Looking at loosening the restrictions, especially on abilities that are weapon dependent, when you're making that sort of uh, loot distribution decision, I think it really needs to be looked at and needs to be opened up, if for nothing else, for player convenience in order to play the game. Like, if you're forced to use daggers, but you can't get daggers to drop of an appropriate level... Uh, you're gonna fall behind and so much of that stuff is built off of stats and eye level and and making sure you have the right distribution for that and the right uh, amount of those those stats I mean and it's it almost sometimes I would think makes players feel like they can't play the class respect they want because they didn't get that drop like and there's really something
0: annoying about a weapon drop when you do finally get it but it's it's like a versatility mastery item and your class doesn't value those stats yeah. So now you're like, okay, this is a da- this is an item level upgrade, but is it actually an upgrade, or will it hurt my DPS to use this? And that and what's really weird is like each individual class, and, and in many cases, each individual spec has a different stat priority. So if this thing drops, like imagine a fist weapon versatility and mastery drops, and your definitely loves those stats, but can't use a fist weapon. Yeah. So it's not, you know, it won't even drop for them. But it's like that you know it's on the loot table, but you know you can't use it. That's one of the reasons I actually sometimes think I'm wrong about the whole idea of letting just let everybody use everything just because, you know, that, that's not fun. You get there, you kill the boss, and, you know, he's got a weapon on his loot table, but he won't give it to you because you're not the right class. That, that That's kind of annoying.
1: Yeah. And I mean, and the other thing that I will say about that is if you're going to go to a token system like they do in Castle Nathria right now, tokens are divided among classes still for those weapons maybe take that restriction off of it and let all the classes catch those in
0: or if you're going to do that i mean the tokens really need to drop more yeah i would agree because right now it's like two bosses drop tokens one of them
1: it's just like i I mean liz can liz is in chat she can vouch for this i think we've seen a total of two in all the weeks we've been raiding two we have have yet to see it and we've been killing them It just nope yeah but i think that's it unless you have anything else to add no i think we covered it all right, well, Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. Your continued support means this podcast lighting community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast to the queue or an ad-free site experience. And again, I told you I was going to plug it, and I'm going to do it again here. Uh, we are doing a Patreon uh, push this month we do want to make sure that we can still provide this content that you uh, enjoy consuming so if you can throw us a, a little bit go to blizzardwatch.com or patreon.com slash uh, or go to blizzardwatch.com we have the links up there as well if you can give us a dollar it, it helps immensely like don't think it doesn't that dollar a month It sometimes can be the difference between what we can and can't do. Um, If that's not your bag, we understand. If you can't afford it, we understand. If you want to get yourself some sweet swag as well, uh, we did talk about how we are doing our uh, anniversary sale right now. Currently, and I believe we have the post up on the site, and if not, it is in our Discord channels. uh, We do have a sale that includes all the previous Phoenix designs on T-shirts, mugs, stickers, hoodies, and more so if you want to get yourself some some sweet blizzard watch merchandise and represent us out in the the world there now's your chance to get it for a very limited time the sale will end on february 21st Uh, i believe that's all i have to plug so off to you matt
0: okay uh thank you very much joe again guys if you have a question for the show you can email us at podcast at blizzardwatch.com subject line podcast at blizzard to watch so we know it's for the show Or you can ask us on our discord, either the Patreon Q and podcast questions channel for patrons, or the Q questions channel for people who are not patrons. Uh, We looked at both for this week's show as well. So thank you guys so much for those questions. It does mean that I actually have a show. And we'll roll the questions we didn't get to this week into next week's email. So don't be worried about that. Uh, Thank you guys so much for being here. Thanks. You know, this is We didn't really get a chance to mention it on the actual anniversary, but, you know, this is a huge deal for us. Six years of Blizzard Watch is really amazing. We're doing this podcast for six years and it's just, it's really been great. Thank you guys so much for letting us do it. Uh, This has been the Blizzard Watch podcast and we'll talk to you next week.